Welcome to another exciting episode of The Renegade Show. And today we have a really special guest, a friend of mine from a long time ago, Mr. Alex Hay. He's not only a friend, he's actually been a collaborator with me when I first started out in the technology space many eons ago. And I'm really excited to have Alex on the pod today. Welcome to the show, Alex. Welcome. Thanks, thanks Kevin. How are you? I am good. I am good. And thank you for, thank you for taking the time to uh, join the podcast. Why don't you tell the listeners about a little bit about yourself and what you do? I'm currently heading the regional IT service desk team. So I have a very interesting part-time job which supplements my income, mm-hmm. which is the funeral services. Funeral services? Well, Alex, yes. when we first met, you were heavy into service desk and technology. But before we kind of jump into the funeral services, why don't you tell the folks on, the, on listening to us, where did you grow up? Actually, I grew up in, in a small Petaling Jaya, a town in Malaysia, where basically I spent almost all my life there in Petaling Jaya. Okay. All right. Recently got married. Congratulations. I've currently been working in the IT line coming to about 20 over years. So how did you get into this and, and what does your new wife think about this choice of occupation? Actually, when we met that time, she already knows I'm in this funeral services line already. Okay. Actually, the way I got into it is roughly about eight years ago, mm-hmm. where actually I'm in between jobs, I'm lost. A friend of mine who owns uh, funeral services, his name is Pope. Mm-hmm. Then he asked me, why don't you join me? I said, mm, all right, that's all the fun of it, let's join. Then I've been working with him for one year. While working with him, actually, his company name is called Norman Funeral Services. Whereas, where he's very minimal staff only, about two or three staff. Whereas, three of us, actually, from where we collect the disease, we help to clean it, get dressed, apply simple makeup set up the altar or set up the uh, place for wake services, assist in all, and then up to help to cremate the disease and also help to bury the disease also. Then I'll join back IT line. Whereas for eight years, for seven years already, I didn't really get into the funeral service line. And one day I was talking to a very old buddy of mine, who was my kindergarten friend. He said, actually, I'm looking for supplement income. Then he told me, why not join my wife doing the one? Ah? I said, the one? Ah? Yes, let's join her. Have a chat with her and see. See how we can explore from there. And, well, tell, people, and tell people who, who don't know Nirwana, what is it? How big is it? What do they do in, in the country okay. you're living in Malaysia? Yeah. Nirwana is a bereavement care provider in Malaysia. One of the biggest bereavement care in Malaysia mm-hmm. where we provide funeral service provide columbrum, uh, provide burial plot, which we have branches all over Malaysia. In fact, all over Southeast Asia. Right. Whereas I'm just doing sales only, which means I promote the Nirvana products and services to all my customers all, all over in Klang Valley. 
Right. And so tell me, tell, tell me something in your first year, I want to go back to the first year where when you were in between jobs and you decided, you said you were lost and you decided to go into funeral home too. So tell me what, why would someone who is lost in, in their life at that time and in between jobs decide to take something that is so uh, morbid that, that it wouldn't be a choice of a career that anyone would pick? What, what made you, what attracted you to that field? Actually, attracted me to the field is actually my friend, Pope, who mm-hmm. before I start the job, he had a very long chat with me. Mm-hmm. He said, during funeral service, is actually helping people. Okay. We provide a service helping the family members of the deceased. Okay. All right. They are lost. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. We are there to help them, to guide them on what's the best way to do for their beloved that is the beloved family members who just passed away. Right. Well, she taught me, firstly, you must know where to put your heart is. Mm. Don't think of going there to sell, to sell, to sell. No. Mm-hmm. You go there to offer comfort to the family members. Right. Well, put yourself in their shoe. You are in their situation. What do you do? You feel sad. You don't want people to rip you off. Mm-hmm. You are, you are there to help them, to guide them. Mm-hmm. So from there, I think, hmm, why not give a try? Initially, honestly, I'm scared when there's a body in front of me. Yeah, I'm so really tell, scared. So tell us I'm about really that. How, how, how do you get, how does a human being, I mean, as a child, I don't think you grew up wanting to be in the funeral services and most people have this fear of death because you're looking at the body and one day it's going to be you so how do you get over that fear we are we've got a lot of people listening to this podcast who part of this podcast is to help them become a renegade which is to live a life that is not conventional but a lot of it has to do with overcoming your fear so tell us about that first time when you're confronted with a dead body and how did you bring yourself to overcome that fear, Alex? Actually, when I first time I see a dead body in front of me, I feel scared. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know what to I dare not go near it. Okay. So a friend of me, a friend of mine is my colleague. Mm-hmm. He also taught me a lot. His name is Sam. Mm-hmm. He taught me a lot, actually. He what saying, did he tell you? Yeah. He told me, treat the person as sleeping. Oh. He's sleeping peacefully. Right. Just treat the person sleeping peacefully there. Okay. Then you'll be fine. Respect the person there. No mm. matter if it's a lady, a man, a young girl, or a young boy. Mm-hmm. Treat, uh, f- treat the body there with full respect. Right. The person is sleeping, lying there peacefully. is ready to go to heaven. Just prepare the person, the body there, to meet God. Mm. Do your best. Then slowly, slowly, I'm used to it already. Wow. And so, and so, now, so now you kind of move from preparing the body and washing the body and getting it ready, setting up the altar, creating a service, and you've gone into sales. Is that, is yeah. that what you're yes. doing these days in sales? Yes, I'm doing sales now. Yep. <clears throat> and tell me something. A lot, of, a lot of salespeople, all they want to do is sell. And uh, obviously, that's their main job. But when in an industry like this, when you are approaching a client who is vulnerable, who've just lost a loved one, how do you not take advantage of them? How do you not manipulate them in order to use the service? Because any normal human being, if they wanted to make sale, could potentially take advantage of an individual during that time. How do you stop yourself from doing this? 
Tell us as I say them. earlier, okay, as I say earlier, be honest. Mm-hmm. Approach them with full honest, with full sympathy. Put mm-hmm. yourself in their shoe. Right. Talk first thing go and see family members. Don't talk about sales. Mm. Bring them, yeah, let's say for example, they are in a mortuary. Bring them out for coffee or tea in a nearby cafe and hospital. Mm. Sit them down, relax them, make them calm down. Mm. First thing, talk to them, don't talk about sales. Mm. Just talk to them, how are you? Is how's a family member? Is a family all here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there any other family overseas? Actually, all this is a part of sales. Mm. When you talk to the family, we'll say we must give them the best advice, what to do, how to move forward. Mm. Not immediately go there, hey, buy this, buy this, show all the package straight. No, you must mm-hmm. understand the situation. And most important thing, before you sell something, you must understand what religion is the person is. Oh. I so tell blindly me. go in. Yeah. yeah, so tell me about this religion thing because I know, and, so, and for the people in, who, who may not be familiar with Malaysia, can you tell us what kind of religion, the kind of mixture this country is? Because I think for somebody like you, uh, I believe you're a Buddhist, right? Uh, that, that's your yes. religion? Yes, I am, yeah. Yeah, and tell us how your religion affects the way you deal with other people, especially in religious ceremonies in a, in a country like Malaysia. Tell, right. tell, tell people, yeah. Because Malaysia is a multicultural and multiracial country. We have multiple religions. Even in one family, mm-hmm. one can be a Buddhist, another can be a Christian. Okay. So we must be very careful on this. Some people are kind of sensitive, mm-hmm. but some are not. So when we bring them out for coffee or tea, we still talk to them. Mm-hmm. Whether because maybe do their love. They might they themselves might be a Christian. Mm-hmm. But the pastor loved one might be a Buddhist. We wouldn't know. Right. So we must go there, approach them with sincerity and calmness. When you approach them, talk to them, just try to break the ice. It's like say for example, do you have any family members come out from overseas coming back or what? All this actually part of sales. So we have to give them the best package and the best deal. Mm-hmm. Understand the situation, how they want the ceremony to be. So from there, we can offer what our package is. It's not one seed up, okay, here you got three packages, this one 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. No, that's not the way. Mm-hmm. You must understand what their requirement is. Mm. Understand. And, then, and for those who are listening, who we are all human and one day we are going to eventually, you know, go down this road, whether it's for ourselves or for our loved ones. When, when people are going through this process, what are the, and here's the reason why we have this show. So for people like you to kind of teach others to kind of figure out how to go through a situation like this, what are the things that you would want to consider as a requirement when you have to go through this bereavement period? Tell us some of the things we need to consider. All right. Let's say you're part of a family member who just, uh, a loved one who just passed on. Mm-hmm. First thing first, you, you yourself must be calm. Mm-hmm. You must, let's say for example, you are not calm. Mm-hmm. You keep on crying. Appoint someone who is calm to deal with it. Mm. Because once you are down, your mind can't think properly. Mm-hmm. Ever, ever a person say, mind, yes, yes, just do it, just do it, just do it, just do it. You didn't listen carefully. Mm-hmm. So with a calm mind, you are listening carefully. Okay. Okay. That's the reason when I say earlier, pull the person away from the mortuary mm-hmm. to a coffee house or tea, sit down and discuss and talk. Mm-hmm. 
So the person will calm down. Mm-hmm. When the person calm, he's listening. Mm-hmm. Once he listen, we understand the situation, understand how the person want to do for the loved one. Then from there, we propose a package. Okay. And then from there, we understand and see whether after that, how you want it to be. Whether to be cremate or to be buried. So when you, when you kind of think about requirements, right? What are the kind of things you would need to consider about requirements? Does uh, religion play a part of it? Does the number of people play a part of it? Does the type of burial play a part of it? Walk us through what would be a, a package of the requirements that people seem to think about or need to consider in, 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 in going through this process. Okay, let's say for example, mm-hmm. the person passed out is a Christian. Mm-hmm. But Christian, there's many types of Christians. Mm-hmm. Catholic, mm-hmm. Methodist, Anglican, and etc. Mm-hmm. There are different ways of handling it. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, the person is a Catholic who passed on. Mm-hmm. For sure, we say, where do you want the ceremony to be held? Do you want to be held at the church? Because some church have some parlor. Or you want to held it at back in the Wana parlor. Or you want to held it at home. Mm. Because... Okay. Then we have to plan with the family members. Can you get a pastor to come or a priest? For a Catholic, it's priest. Mm-hmm. Do you have info your local BEC members, your BEC leaders? Mm-hmm. Because BEC leaders will arrange the priest to come and talk or give service, do a funeral wake service. And the BEC, the BEC is like the, ba- the, the basically the Christian community in that area. The where yes, they, where correct. The, 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 the area com- yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Normally, they will do the full flash to help them. Mm-hmm. So from there, we make arrangement, the timing, mm-hmm. what time is the wake service. And then come to funeral day. Does the, let's say Catholic have to go to church first. Mm-hmm. All right? So we must plan the journey, what time mm-hmm. we move, which road to use. Mm-hmm. And plan the, the journey to go. And, and the journey you're talking about is the funeral procession, like the route the procession, the yes. funeral procession will take. Yes. Okay? Because we need to get to the place on time because churches are very particular about timing. Mm-hmm. I say because every time church, because there's funeral service, and then maybe 10 o'clock there's one service, 11.30 there's another service. We cannot be late. Right. All right, we cannot be late. Timing is very important in all this. Mm-hmm. From, the, from the parlor or from the house to the church, mm-hmm. the distance, how far is it? So we need to time. We need to consideration about traffic mm-hmm. condition, weather condition. Okay. All this to take into account. Once you reach the Church, church service normally half an hour to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Depends whether there's Holy Communion, whether it's Urology or what. Mm-hmm. One time a day, after that, to cremation parlor or the burial plot. Right. Whether it's family members following or not. So from there, we have to plan the road, the traffic, convoy and all. Mm-hmm. How do we deal with the convoy? All these are taken into account on planning the road and journey. And once it's done, families calm down. That's it. We end our job. We say thank you, family members. Right. At the time, let's say for example, nothing is let's say burial plot. We go to one rich burial plot. It's not smear pump bridge. That's it. There's more to it. Rich burial plot. We must make sure before that we have to call the burial plot. Make sure the grave has been dug already. Mm-hmm. Everything is ready. Right. Ready for us to come at what time? What time are we reaching? We must let them know it's a day or two in advance. Mm. Uh, cremation so, parlor also you need to let them know what time you are arriving at it because cremation parlor cremation place only about maybe two or three place to uh, cremate so they need to do the timing the time arrangement and all 
Yeah. So tell us, I think you've kind of helped us understand the process, the requirements of going through a, a funeral uh, a funeral program. But I'm I'm interested in your perspective. You're a you're a Buddhist, right? And and they, in I believe in Buddhism, there's this concept of reincarnation. Do you believe in this reincarnation? And t- tell our our listeners, what does that mean? What does that mean to to be reincarnated? Because I believe in the Buddhist philosophy, you're not really dead. You actually come back. So tell us a little bit about that life after death, in, in, at least in your belief, your religion. In, in my belief, I believe there's reincarnation. Mm-hmm. What we do now affect what, how we reincarnate. We can reincarnate to animal realm or to mm-hmm. human realm. Mm-hmm. Depends how what you do today. Okay. So, what you do now, be good, do no harm to people. That's it. After life, where you go is fated by God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's and reincarnation. Some do believe, some do not believe. It's kind of a very sensitive thing to talk about at times. Yeah, and, and, and this is the place we want to talk about it because I think yeah. a lot of people don't want to talk about reincarnation. So I want, to, I want to really understand from you your belief, right? Because I think it's important to kind of show people who, who may not have been exposed to reincarnation what actually happens to, a, to an individual. How many times do they reincarnate? Have you, have you seen or have you heard stories of reincarnation? Tell us about that. Only what I heard before is from the Dalai Lama. Okay. Which means the Tibetan uh, monk, mm-hmm. where once they reincarnate, they know where, they, where this person is now. Okay. They will go and find the person, the baby there, to prepare the person for monkhood. Mm. It's just a belief only. But mm-hmm. I've seen, honestly, I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the people that you've you've been around with haven't actually known that they are actually a reincarnation from from another life. No, uh, we wouldn't know. I also don't know. A lot of people do not know mm-hmm. where am I from. You know, my previous life, mm-hmm. I don't know. Most important to me, I just do good now. Mm-hmm. No, be no harm, mm-hmm. no harm. Treat people good. That's it. Mm-hmm. Where I'm going next life, I leave it to God to decide. Right. And so, what does your 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 wife think about this whole uh, profession of yours, doing these uh, funeral services and stuff? Is she is she excited for you? Does she look at it as a as just a job, or or, or does she does, does she feel that this is really you're serving a higher purpose? How does she feel about your? She this? feel actually she's my agent actually. Mm-hmm. She's my downline. Okay. She do help me at times on handling some paperwork or even though help me when I go to a wake, she is there to help me also. Mm-hmm. We see it as a service to the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. We just help, go there, help as much as we can. That's it. Right. And, and is this, this is obviously a, a very different profession. Is it a lot of young people you're seeing coming into this kind of profession or are they more older generation? What are the kind of people that did get attracted to, to providing these kind of services? Is what okay, actually, today? for Nirvana, a lot of young people is joining because of the money. Mm. The sales commission, the incentive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you reach a certain level, while you're sleeping, money is coming in. Mm-hmm. You don't need to work anymore, actually, by right. Mm-hmm. If you reach that particular certain level already. Right. 
Now my level is just a service director level where I need to fight for commission, fight for things, fight for etc. Mm-hmm. If I have enough uh, downline with me, actually I don't need to work anymore already. Right. I just recruit downline, whatever mm-hmm. they sell, I get commission also. It is something like uh, MLM also. Like yeah, MLM, multi-level, multi-level, multi-level marketing. marketing. But right. it's not fully multi-level marketing. It's a twist to it. Right. A lot of youngsters come in this line. Even mm-hmm. in the service line mm-hmm. where they prepare the disease member. Also mm-hmm. are youngsters also. Mm. Because they come in as the, to service the people. They feel like if no one do, I do law. No job. I work law. And, and, they need and, to... F- Yes, and, and how important is it for a salesperson to actually be in the service line before they become a salesperson? Do they, is this a requirement so that they understand the process? Or what, what was your advice for people who are going into this line? Should they be involved in the funeral preparation, the services, the meeting, the, 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 basically running the funerals? Well, what's your advice to those people who, who, are, who may be considering a career in this kind of line? Actually, my personal opinion... What you want to do? You want to be in a service line or you want to be in a sales line? Because mm-hmm. it's two totally different right. thing. It's totally different. Sales line, you go and sell package. That's it. After when you sell, mm-hmm. anything happen, you just call the service people. The mm-hmm. service people take over already. Do you, think you it, just, do you think it's important for the, to the sales, for the sales people to understand the service line to become really yes. uh, empathetic? To understand people? a bit what they do, mm-hmm. how they do it. Mm-hmm. how they perform their job you must understand a little bit mm. not to say 100% what fully know what they do at least when the customer asks you okay next step what's the people going to do so you know how to answer them how's the service people doing their job mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. say you sit down there wait I call a service people come and talk to you you must know how to answer them right. that's way how is where we play our part in the early stage very important initial part Sit down, pull side, get a requirement already, what they want, the package the customer confirm will take. Then you get a service lead consultant come, sit down again and explain the customer again. Which means I explain one round, service people explain another round. Right. So at least the customer understand. So from time to time, I'm sitting down there, I'm listening to the service people. So from there where I learn. I see. How to approach, how to talk to customer service so they know what the next step to do. Because Christian, Catholic, when it comes to Buddhism, a lot of ways to do also, a lot of handle. Right. This needs to be done, what day needs to be done, what time needs to be done, what's the timing, etc. etc. This is where the service people comes in. And we must roughly know, listen, jot down notes, try to jot down notes from the service people. When the customer asks again, those customers can't forget, their members can't forget. So we are there, bring our notes, okay, this time, what is it? This time, what is it? Hmm. So they, they know what to do, what, know what to do. So everything will be written down nicely for, to give to the prime members do what to do. Do you, do you see a need now with COVID that, 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 or do you see a spike in, 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 in this, these sorts of uh, services due to COVID? Because we are now recording in a time where we have a really big pandemic and people are you know, unsure how this is hitting them. Do you see a spike in, in funeral services due to COVID where you, where you live? Actually, I do see a spike. Mm-hmm. But mostly pass on is actually not due to COVID. Mm. Those due to actually in Malaysia only, I think we have a very minimal dead case, about 100 over. Right. So, actually, when due to dead case, uh, there's process for it. Mm. 
Whereas others that we handle is actually die of old age or die of sickness. Right. It's not due to COVID. But due to the COVID, mm. there is a procedure and process to follow. Mm. Which means only immediate family members can be there. Yeah, so tell us about this because I think there is this, this, this phenomenon due to the pandemic that you're now not able to have multiple people gathering for the, for the, for the deceased. Tell us about what, I, what have changed since the pandemic hit because this is something that a lot of people may not be aware of, at least in Malaysia. What's the procedure now in the COVID All right. world? In, yeah. in, okay, in Malaysia with Nirvana, mm-hmm. there's policy process to follow. You mm-hmm. cannot have more than 20 people at one time mm-hmm. in the parlor, in the praying room. Let's say family members come, pray, pay respect, and move on. You cannot stay long. Wow. All come, you must fully mask. Even though you have a slight fever, you are mm. not allowed to enter. Mm. There's very strict procedure for right. funeral service. And, and this is obviously difficult, right? Because the DCs may have a lot of people who want to pay their last respects. But yes. because of these procedures, now the person doesn't have a good send-off. How, how does good. that affect what? people? Yeah, tell us about it. Actually, not much. What we're doing now, some family members are doing, they do live. Live, you mean a broadcast? Live yes, live broadcast on the funeral service, funeral procession, or doing the prayers time to all their family members around so Malaysia. You, so you're using Only, technology? Yes, technology. Only immediate family members are allowed. For example, children, or hmm. that's it, not much. Only children, brothers, sisters, that's it. Mm. Cannot be uncle, aunties, all also cannot be there. Mm. Only immediate family members, even though deceased brother, sister, family members also cannot be there. Right. They only can come in, pay respect, and just move on. Interesting. So as we as we wrap up the final segment of of our show with you, um, Alex, can you give us a perspective of what do you wish out for the world? What do you hope people will take out from this today's episode of talking about death, talking about bereavement, talking about even reincarnation? These are topics that in our society today people are not comfortable dealing with because it's something that basically brings us back to our own mortality that one day that journey awaits us what do you hope for the people listening today on how they should deal with with this uh, part of life actually okay my take is my voice is let's say you have any beloved family member or pass on or what firstly your own self you must be calm face it Take it as the family member and move on to a better place. Mm. Then, when it comes to make an arrangement, make sure you get someone who you are trusted to be your right-hand man. Someone, mm. a proxy of you to handle the arrangement for you. Mm. If you yourself can arrange, make sure you get the funeral services provider who gives you a quotation, everything, what to do, everything in black and white. Which mm. means, Okay, this is my package from A to Z. This is what I'm be doing at this price. Make sure you get that everything in black and white. Right. Ensure that, uh, how to say this, the family members and all be there for you. And most important, your friends. We have, we are, we have friends around us. Call your best friend. Talk to them. Must always talk. Mm. 
even during this pandemic time, anything happen, just call someone that you can talk to. Just have a talk. Don't put it in you. Mm. You will explode one day. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good advice. Mm. Yeah. And with that, you know, thank you, Alex, for spending the time providing your expertise in a very difficult subject, but one that I believe everyone needs to eventually deal with. And uh, with that, thank you, Alex. Okay. Thank you, Kelvin. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay.